You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Working on an entire home or even an entire apartment can feel so overwhelming. Where do you start? What do you focus on? The key is to take your space room by room. That's today's episode of Big Design, Small Budget. I'm Betsy Helmuth, and I can't wait to answer your questions. Our first question today comes from Audrey. She has a question about her entryway. Go ahead. Hi, Betsy. I'm desperately trying to make my entranceway feel sophisticated and uh, still very welcoming and cozy. And right now it's just a lot of, like, it's just a rug and a place for everybody to throw their stuff. Um, It doesn't feel very put together. And I would love some advice. There's not a lot of space because there's closets in the way and there's space heaters and it's just sort of not conducive to putting a big piece there for everyone to put their shoes and their things in. I'm trying to think of creative solutions for making my entryway look better. Thanks. The entryway is your home's first impression and you want to make a good one. I don't even think about being sophisticated and amazing looking until I have made sure that this area is clean and tidy. So Audrey, you've told me that this is the place where they come to take off their shoes, to drop down the book bags, take off the coats. First things first, let's keep it real. Is this stuff getting put away? Is it just landing on the floor because your entryway is never going to look sophisticated with jackets and socks and ugh. So you want to ask yourself, do I have a system in place that really works for my family? And for some families, that means everybody gets a hook and you put your coats on that hook. You've mentioned you have a closet. My family is not disciplined and I am included in that. It's not just my husband or my children. And so even if we did have an entry closet, which unfortunately we don't, I would never take the time to open up the door and hang up my coat every time I came into the space. So for my family, we each have a hook. It's different colors for everyone. And everyone gets to put as many coats as will fit on their hook. And typically that's two. And when the coat hook is filled, they need to find another place for the extra coats, meaning their individual closets in their individual rooms. So that's how we keep the entryway looking somewhat tidy. Additionally, we have a console. So the console has both open and closed storage, meaning it has doors at the top and open cubbies at the bottom. And each cubby is labeled because I love my label maker and because my family will not follow rules unless there's appropriately marked signs. In other words, daddy shoes, mommy shoes, Jackie shoes, Eden shoes. So each shelf is labeled and then they know exactly where it goes when they come in. Not only that, they have ownership over their cubby. So they know, hey, don't put your shoes in my cubby. And of course, who has the messiest cubby of the whole house? That's me. That's mommy. So um, I'm the one that needs the labels most of all. 
Now, if you've already got that taken care of, the next step is to create a focal point because you don't want your company looking at the shoe cabinet. You don't want them looking at the coat hooks. You want them looking at a great piece of art or a nice mirror. I always think a mirror is so practical in an entryway because you want to check yourself when you're leaving. You know, you want to make sure you don't have dinner in your teeth. want to make sure that... Your blown dry hair is as beautiful as you think it is. So I love to put a mirror. My only caution with a mirror is that you want to make sure it's not directly opposite your door because that's bad feng shui. Basically what that means is that when you open your door, all of the good chi that you bring in from your big day gets bounced off the mirror and bounced back outside of the house. So it's preventing your good chi from entering the doorway if that mirror is reflecting your door. In other words, if it's directly across. My mirror is to the side of my door, which is directly mirroring the wall behind the door but not the door itself and that's a-okay so audrey i hope that has helped with your entryway and now let's take a question from alan go ahead my husband likes an office space and the only place we have space for it is in the living room he also likes no distractions, so we have one of the Calyx IKEA 5x5 units that we use to partition off this space. I know you said you don't like tall partitioning structures. Do you have any other ideas, or is it okay in that case? Thank you. I love your show. So yes, the next room in this Room by Room series will be the living room after you've entered... Audrey's gracious entryway, you stroll on down the hall to Ellen's living room. And I hear you, Ellen, that's tough. So you've evaluated every possible location and it has to land in the living room. I don't love the calyx. First of all, I like the calyx for its functionality and I have it in my kid's playroom. Do I think it sets the best tone in a living room? Not really. The 5x5 five five is so bulky, it's like 6 feet by 6 feet. I should know, I have it, and it's just really in your face. I would prefer something, if you must use a bookcase, something that's tiered. They have a great one on Overstock that's called a room divider, but that it's tiered so that at the bottom the bookcase is lower and then it progressively gets higher while you're still able to fill things so you can't see what's behind it. It's a comparable price to the Calyx. We'll have it on our BigDesignSmallBudget.com podcast page under the show notes. Another option would be to just do a folding screen. That way the screen could be up when he's working, but you could fold it away when you have guests so that it doesn't feel like you've divided this big open room. The only issue with a folding screen is that when you take it down, you want to make sure that the desk is something you'd like your guests to see. Does he keep his desk tidy? I think I know the answer to that. <laughs> Probably not. If it's anything like my desk, maybe not. So maybe a folding screen wouldn't save the day but I do think if his desk is somewhat minimal it's a better idea than that big bulky calyx that really can't go anywhere or move when you have company. The other idea would be to get him a secretary type desk, a desk that can close up when he's not there. Now I realized that just a secretary desk may not provide him with the storage he needs so I really love getting the one with the add-on hutch on top because it has doors where you could put extra printer cartridges 
or extra printer paper or a few books or just a pin cup and then on the actual secretary surface he can just have his laptop now unfortunately a secretary does not work very well for a desktop computer so hopefully that's not his situation but it works really well for a laptop and then you just fold it all away so quickly and you wouldn't even need the divider or you could get away with that screen if he feels he wants the privacy. So that would be my recommendation for having a nice looking desk in a living room or at least creating that separate zone so that it feels like you can live in the living room without staring at his paperwork. I hope that helps. Now let's continue our tour, our room-by-room redo with Audrey's bedroom. Go ahead, Audrey. Hi, Betsy. I have a question about my bedroom furniture. I know you said that you don't like having a chair because it just becomes a place for people to throw their stuff in your bedroom. Uh, which I agree, but we do have a lot of space and I want to do something. Um, I'd love to create a little cozy nook. I'm trying to find something that would be affordable and still fit. There's windows, there's a big pretty rug, and there's the bed, but I would love to put something else there um, that feels like a little area. What's your advice? I hear you. You have a really big bedroom, and so it feels empty without something in that area. The key here is you want to add functionality. What I meant by the chair is if the chair is purely decorative, if you can't ever imagine why you would sit there, if it's not more comfortable than your bed or any of your chairs in the living room, then really, what's it doing there? It's a glorified hamper. However, if you really feel you're going to sit there, then what I would do is I would give it a visual function. In other words, maybe I would put a very slim wall-mounted bookcase beside the chair. Uh, Maybe even give it its own rug so that the area really feels separate from the bedroom area. And say you don't have quite enough room for a bookcase, you could just do some wall-mounted floating shelves with some books on there. That way there's a visual cue that, hey, this is my reading chair. Don't put your clothes on there. And whenever I'm worried that somebody is going to put something somewhere and I don't want that, for instance, on my entry console, I have a feeling that people would start dumping things there. And so I put some vases on top. So that way there's something with purpose taking up the room that you'd otherwise just dump on. So what I would recommend to help give cues that you can't dump on this chair would be to add a lumbar pillow and maybe even a throw blanket over the back really signaling that this chair has a purpose other than being a crap collector. Now, that was if you have to have a chair, which I really strongly do not recommend. I would prefer that you have some kind of vanity table. Wouldn't that be nice? So a place to keep all your makeup, a place to maybe dry your hair. Maybe over the top of it you would wall mount a mirror rather than relying on a tabletop mirror because that wall mounted mirror can also serve as artwork for that area. And I love anything that does double duty. Function for putting on makeup, visual wall space serving as artwork. Love it. So think about incorporating that vanity table because I really feel like that could add function, take out some of the stuff from your bathroom storage And it really makes sense in a bedroom, especially if you get good light. So I hope that helped, Audrey. Now to our next question. 
Moving from the bedroom to the playroom, our next question comes from Katie. She writes, Betsy, I need a tip for keeping my kids' playroom more organized. What have you got for me? Thanks. Katie, here's my number one tip that I find is very helpful in my kids' playroom. The number one thing that I find saves the day when we're playing and when we're cleaning up in that room is that I've used my label maker and I use bins that are labeled. In other words, all the trucks go in here, all the cars go in here, all the tracks go in here, all the Play-Doh goes in there. And of course, I get appropriately sized bins so that everything can fit in there. And when it can't, for instance, the Play-Doh, I have Play-Doh bin one, Play-Doh bin two. Now I know that doesn't sound like a very revolutionary tip, but here is the revolutionary part. You label the bin, not the shelf. If you label the shelf, then sometimes it's hard to let something expand. You can't have Play-Doh bin one and two if the shelf is only yay big. And I find that by labeling the bin, not the shelf, it's easier for the kids to kind of figure out what they want to play with when. So right now, my kid is super into cars and trucks, but earlier he was super into puzzles. So I can move the puzzles to his level, or now I can switch the puzzles up to a high shelf and put the cars down on his level without having to change my labels. So label the bin, don't label the shelf. Another tip that I had to learn the hard way (laughs) is that if your kid is under the age of, I don't know, eight? I don't know. When do kids read? I'm not even sure. I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old, and they are definitely not reading. And I labeled everything. And the other day we were picking up, and they were like, Mommy, where do the cars go? And I said, they go in the car bin. And I forgot that my kids can't read. (laughs) So label with a picture, not just a word label. So you might want to hand draw it, you might want to cut it out of a magazine and use packing tape to stick it on there because I just use my label maker with a few letters and my kids are clueless unless I'm holding their hand the entire time we're cleaning up. So there's a little TMI for you. And Katie, I hope that helped clean up your playroom. Design. TMI. While we're on a TMI tear, let me share something with you. That is so, so exciting. So in addition to my husband, I used to have a boyfriend and his name was Mr. Dishwasher. And basically I had lived without a dishwasher my entire life and that is dishwashing machine. And when my husband and I got married, we moved into a place with a dishwasher and he became my boyfriend. My husband would like trash on him like, ugh, he's not good. You always have to rinse everything or ugh. He's not doing a good job. It's so loud when I'm trying to watch TV. I'm like, don't diss on my boyfriend. I was enraptured. My world had been turned upside down in the most amazing way by this new machine. And I'm going to tell you now, I've taken a new lover. I've got a new boyfriend. My new boyfriend's name is Mr. Roomba. Okay, so I'd heard about Roombas for years. And I was like, yeah, 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 Roomba. Uh, I'm sure it's probably just a gimmicky thing that doesn't even work very well. And I don't know. Do I want some sphere like circulating around my room while I'm hanging out? I don't know. So I never looked into it. I never seriously considered it. 
until the other day I was working in Fort Lee, New Jersey and my client said to me, she said, Betsy, I can't wait for you to source all my furniture, but I want you to keep in mind I need furniture that is high enough that my Roomba can fit under everything I own. She said, it is a life-changing thing for me and I need it to be able to get under everything. And I said to her, I said, does your Roomba really work? And she's like, oh my God, I couldn't live without it. So that night I went home. I googled Roomba, went on Amazon, and it has got thousands upon thousands of great reviews. She cautioned me. She said, don't buy the most expensive one. It only has features that are good for a lot of people who go on vacation or who really need that timer function. I don't need those bells and whistles, so I went on overstock.com. I used my points. I used some coupons, and I got a Roomba. And it is amazing. It's amazing. I don't even want to tell you how many times I've already emptied it because you'll think my house is disgusting. But I literally carry it around with me and just put it down and watch it. It's amazing. It's my new boyfriend. Sure, my husband doesn't like it. It's a little bit loud. And you do have to empty it pretty regularly. But it is just a game changer, a game changer under my bed, under my sofa, all the pine needles from my Christmas tree. Guys, if you're still putting together your holiday wish list, get a boyfriend, get yourself a Roomba and write me. Tell me how much you love it. Oh my gosh. Speaking of love, a big hug and holiday shout out to Catherine Heller, our producer. Thanks to Aton and the Embassy. And of course, Affordable Interior Design, our sponsor. The best place to get wonderful budget interior design in Manhattan and Westchester. So check them out on affordableinteriordesign.com and have a great holiday season. I hope this has been a help and I'll talk to you next time.
Walking the streets like a dog.